Hey y'all. And welcome back to blush you the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. My name is Callie and I am your co-host and I'm here with little sensitive baby Elise. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Someone's nauseous because she's on antibiotics. Yeah, I'm a fucking, my body is like, bitch, the fuck are you doing to us today? I don't feel fabulous, but I have water. I have a kombucha. I just ate some chicken and rice, which is what you do when you're nauseous, right? I don't know. Sounds sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, today on Bless You, we're going to be talking about I think like the way to describe this letter is just feeling burned out, just across the board, feeling burned the hell out and not sure how to do the things. Excuse you. Watch your mic lady. My, my ear was itching because I still have these fucking earrings that I got pierced two fucking months ago are still healing and they itch like a bitch and I hit my microphone. So (laughs) my apologies. Watch yourself. Uh, but yeah, not, not having the energy to do the things you need to do in order to feel better. So it's just like this vicious cycle. So we're going to get into that later, but first let's share our sparkles. Okay. Should I go first? Yes. Because I hoping that you're going to explain why you feel so shitty. I know. I'm just really excited for yours because I just like, it's Leave just me alone. give me some giggles. Um, okay. So everybody, we started IVF today, I guess like, what do you consider like the starting point of IVF? I guess I started three years ago, but we're starting a new cycle today. Um, I am on antibiotics and I also did my first shot this morning, which means that I am super nauseous and I have like a pretty bad headache, but we are pushing through. I forgot how sensitive I am. I'm like a little fragile flower. And I think my body just reacts to all of the things. And so I'm feeling it. And today, actually, I want to do a shout out because October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, which is like, I feel torn. I feel like on two sides of, you know, like one side, I'm like, obviously sad because of our babies that we've lost. And then the other side of me is like really excited and hopeful for the future. So I'm in like a weird place today. I'm also on my period. So hormones are flowing. So who knows what we're going to get out of me today? Let's see, but I'm excited for you. I think you, again, as I'm a broken record, you can feel two things at once. Totally. Yep. Sad and happy, grieving and excited. Amen to that. Yeah. I think that's probably the healthiest way to go about this. Yeah. All right. My sparkle, leave me alone. <laughs> you already told me how to say it properly. So jokes on you is Guisha. Yeah. I was like, Guasha. And then I was like, no, it sounds like Geisha, Guisha. So this is a really stupid sparkle, but I am always at this intersection of trying to like work with what I've got but also not trying to fall into the trap of being super vain or superficial or caring about things that, you know, quote, aren't supposed to matter, but like obviously still low key do. So I found myself getting into this trap yesterday and being like, oh, you know, like maybe I should think about, I don't know stuff that'll make me feel better about myself physically. And maybe like even 
getting professional stuff. And I was like, Callie. So I asked Elise, I was like, okay, you're a cute little 25 year old nugget. Like what, like, what do you, what do we do? What do I do here? You're into all this stuff. Right. And she was like, oh yeah, don't, don't do like the injections or any of that stuff, which thank God, because honestly, I like said it out loud and then I was like, you're never going to do that. <laughs> like, you're, And, and that's not to say anyone who does is a bad human. It's just, I know myself and I can barely get to the salon to get my hair highlighted, let alone, you know, keep up with something else. And she told me about Guisha, which is like, I love working for results. I'll just say that it makes me feel good about myself. So I was like, this is a really good way to like build self-esteem while also getting, you know, some maybe superficial vanity, whatever results. So I'm excited. I ordered this like stone thing. I don't know. So shut you're, up. Shut you're, up. you're going over literally the best fucking part of the story. So we start talking about Guisha's. I sell, I am sending her videos on Instagram. I send her the link to the one that I have. And then she's like, and then I'm like, okay, also you need an ice roller because I'm like an ice queen when it comes to like morning routines and ice rollers. So then she's like, oh, I think I have one. So then she sends me a picture of a jade roller and her jade roller is on top of a fucking Guisha. And I'm like, dude, you already have a guisha. And she responds back and she goes, what do you mean? And I'm like, the thing under the jade roller is exactly what we're talking about. The guisha massaging tool. And she's like, oh, so you're saying that's not a cute little stand for the jade roller. And I literally, y'all, I about pissed myself. Like I was crying laughing because it was just so innocent so pure it was just so it's like that's so thoughtful Callie to think that they created a little stand for the little Jane roller I wasn't going to tell that story because my sister-in-law Liz listens to this podcast and got it for me and I didn't want to admit to her that I'm too stupid to live and I didn't understand what the gift was and I've been using the little roller but I also was like I don't and I googled it and it was like I don't know I mean the internet's like it will make you pee more or it will reduce your pores or like who the hell knows right they always say bullshit stuff so I'm like I still don't know what this is for but it feels good so I've been using it but yeah I did think that was just like a cute little stand and I was like it's a very weirdly shaped stand and it doesn't like sit very nicely but I still appreciate it because it's pink and cute so yeah, good. well, too late to cancel my other order, but apparently the one I'm getting is also very nice. So I'll have two. I'll have a travel one and I'll have a... Well, you can do them for your... You can have a body guisha and a face guisha. Okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. All right. Okay, well, we'll talk We'll talk details later, but it was just... It made me happy because I, li- I just... I literally laughed out loud. Because I'm so stupid. <laughs> okay, well, uh, yeah. So anyway... My sparkle was not, I'm an idiot. My sparkle was sometimes finding home remedies can not only solve the issue that you're trying to solve, but it also can help you build self-esteem and make you feel good that you're like being resourceful and scrappy and doing things on your own. And it's probably better for you. Uh, Like Andrew finished phase one of our media center, which looks pretty damn good. It looks so good. I'm impressed. I know. He's like a full-on carpenter. I did the painting in the Rowan clay, which is 1000% the easiest part, but at least I get to still like put my paw prints on it and be like, I did it too. Heck yeah. 
So yeah, lots of DIY cutting corners, doing the thing over at the Rogers Solomon household. So that's great. Okay. Are we ready to get into today's letter? We're ready. Okay. Well, before we do, we get to introduce special guest blush life coach, Erica, who is here on the podcast today. And we are so excited. Um, she, she's a newer life coach and she, again, I know I say this every time, but I mean it every time she's been like knocking it out of the dang park and she's got that. Well, you're going to hear her voice in a second, but it's like super soothing. And every time I talk to her I'm like, Oh my God, everything's fine. Why are you freaking out? Life is great. <laughs> like Very few people have that. Of- <laughs> Excuse me. Very few people have that effect on me. I feel like most of the time when I talk to people, I'm like, there's more things I should be worrying about. And she is the opposite. So Erica, we're so happy to have you. Hey ladies. I'm so glad to be here with you guys. I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be so fun. I'm so glad I got water for this because otherwise y'all would be here for a bumpy ride. Okay. I'm going to start reading. Hopefully I can get through it. Dear Blush. I feel like that gerbil on the wheel, constantly going and never being able to unwind, even when I want to. I have three kids, two are in elementary school and one in middle school, and they're amazing. I really did luck out with my family. Everyone is well-behaved for the most part and contributes to the household as best they can. My husband and I both have full-time jobs, and while a lot of the housework does tend to fall on me, it's not unsustainable. I'm pretty sure I know what the issue is. At the end of the day, when I have some time to myself, I start to fold the laundry or clean the kitchen or prep tomorrow's lunches. There is always something to do and I can't help but be productive. I know this is wrong, but sitting in my bed and watching TV feels useless and like I won't get anything out of it. Plus, I'll just be kicking myself for wasting time and running behind the next day. My husband has no issue taking me time. He reads, golfs, hunts, and takes guys trips twice a year. I wish I had his mentality. But the main reason I'm writing is because I've noticed some changes in my life lately that I don't like. I've gained weight due to unhealthy choices. My body hurts more than it used to, and I've grown irritable. My perfect family is driving me bonkers for no reason at all. I don't know what to do to correct my path. I know I need to make healthier choices, but I'm tired all the time. How do I force myself to be healthy? What are some easy tips to incorporate so I can feel like myself again? From Exhausted Mama. Okay. I'm going to be real with you guys. I don't totally relate to this letter because if you ask me to like take a chill pill and like not do anything, I'm like, gladly, that sounds amazing. I will do that. So I guess my main point here is exhausted mama. Not everyone lives the way you do, meaning not everyone feels like there's always something to be done. Like we're aware that there is always something that you could be doing, but not everybody feels like they have to do it. And they're also surviving, right? Their house is not on fire. Their kids are dressed. They haven't gotten fired from their job. Their marriages are intact. Like they're fine. More than likely the difference is they're just not as stressed out. And so I want you to think about that and think if you can locate people in your life that have that mentality. One of them seems to be your husband. And that's a horrible example because you might be picking up the loose slack that he leaves behind. And we can get to that in a second, if that is the case. Um, but you've got friends, you've got coworkers, you've got other moms in your group that like, 
maybe play it fast and loose and end up in the same spot as you. So the question is, are you making your life harder than it needs to be? My answer is probably yes. So we can get into how to let go of the reins a little bit, but before we do that, Erica, I really want to hear what you thought about this. Yes, I can totally relate because the things never stop. That is so true. There's always something to do. And as soon as you get it done, somebody gets something else out. You know, it's just always that spinning wheel, just like she said. And it's, you know, when they're little, we're so engrossed in their needs because they need us so much. And then as they get older and more, you know, self-sufficient, we kind of start going, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm really exhausted or, you know, my check engine light is coming on. I'm not feeling myself, you know, I need to take some time and I get that, you know, letting go of the reins of all the things that you need to get done. My question would be, what is she doing to fill her cup? You know, what does her morning look like? If that if it even means getting up, um, you know, a little bit earlier to have a coffee and read for a second, just to fill her own cup before she starts her crazy mom day. Um, that is so important. And that's really what I work on a lot with my clients is just incorporating that sacred time for yourself because it's, it's so important. Mm-hmm. I love that, Erica. I think like alluding to this whole idea of self-care and I talk to so many people who are like, oh, I don't have time for self-care. And it's like, that's not an answer. Like you have to make time. And in me reading this letter, like it, it sounds like this letter writer obviously values productivity. And I immediately thought back to that podcast that we did, Callie, on ambition and how the whole thing was really like redefining what ambition really is. And I think that that might be a really good thing for this letter writer to do because, you know, by society's standards, productivity might not be sitting in a bath or relaxing or taking on a walk or not doing anything for your kids or your house or whatever, but productivity can still be taking care of yourself. And it sounds like the type of taking care of herself that she's doing, laying in bed and watching TV isn't suiting those needs. Right. So like, I think she needs to figure out maybe like a list of all of the things that she could do that don't, that she's not going to get in her head about, right. Like the countertops will still be there. Your children will still be fed. Like the rug will eventually get vacuumed. You know, it's like all of these things I think she's trying to do to I don't know, just keep things neat or to make it feel like she's doing something productive, but like taking care of yourself is also productive, I think is my main point. It sounds like she's doing these things to avoid feeling irritable, but then she ends up feeling very irritable. So, I mean, the good news is that we found out that your cycle doesn't work. And so this idea of you constantly doing, doing, doing is actually giving you the results you were trying to avoid. Mm. So I follow a rule religiously, which is the 80, 20 rule. And I've probably talked about this a million times on this podcast, but do 20%, put in 20% of the effort to get in 80% of the results. And if you want the extra 20% of the results, you get to do 80% of the effort. Meaning 
you are doing a hundred percent of the work. And the funny thing here is I don't think you're getting a hundred percent of the results. So we need to dial it back big time. Meaning how can you cut corners here? Like when you're folding laundry, does the underwear really need to be folded? I'm just saying, like, can't you just kind of like bunch it up and put it in a drawer and no one's going to see it? Like, No, Callie, you can't do that. I think you can. I think you can too. I think you can. I think you can. I think there are plenty of things you can do, which I'm going to have to say, talked about this in the last podcast. How old are her kids again? I have one in middle school. Well, they can do laundry. That's when I started doing my own laundry. I mean, elementary school, look, I get it. They're still babies. Let them be the babies. But when they're in middle school, like, come on, we can actually start divvying out chores to the oldest one. Um, husband can do his own laundry. That was a huge thing in my marriage is that I was so freaking tired of having to do Andrew's laundry all the time. And I was like, this is some bullshit. And then he was like, well, why do you do it? And I was like, wait, what? I have a choice. And he was like, yeah, I'll just do my own laundry. We did that for two years and it was amazing. And then when the pandemic came, we both took turns doing it. Now we have kind of a different system uh, where he'll do a load, I'll do a load, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, is I think you have it in your mind that you have to do all of the things. And maybe some of these things are non-negotiable. I'm not trying to say, let your house fall into disarray because that'll probably also make you irritable. But what about delegating? What about cutting corners and not, again, not folding your laundry? What about making the, the eldest start kind of, you know, cleaning their own bathroom, making their own lunch, doing their own laundry? That's not the worst thing ever. And that can free up some time to be productive in your self-care routine. And you're teaching them how to be independent. I went to college and literally my first time ever fucking doing laundry, I flooded the laundry room in my dorm. And so <laughs> take that as a key point to like teach your kids how to do things on your own. And then you're going to ease up some of your own responsibilities too. I also had a thought that I just want to input here really quick too, because I totally relate to this also, but I cope with hyper productivity. And so whenever I feel like, obviously she has a full-time job. She has kids. It's the world of COVID life is fucking hard. Being an adult is like very hard as I've come to know very recently. And so whenever you're dealing with really hard things, I think you kind of like get into this crisis land and you either like, you know, fight or flight or freeze. And I, I totally cope with feeling stressed out with hyper productivity. And that means like cleaning my house, doing all the work, you know, I try to stay busy. And so I wonder how much of that's at play here too, you know? Good point for sure. And I was even going to piggyback on Callie and say, my kids are 19, 13 and nine, and they all do their own laundry. And you know why? It's because the last time I picked up the hamper, and there were folded clean clothes thrown into the hamper. I was like, guess what? You get to do your own laundry now <laughs> because I'm not going to rewash clean clothes just because you didn't want to put them in the drawer. You know what I'm saying? I so do now- because my mom did that to me too. <laughs> See, so I get it. So yeah, you could totally have your kids help you out on those daily chores. But if you know, if you still want to do all the things, I just, I just hear this letter and I can just hear her coming from a place of feeling a little 
empty. And I, I get that in motherhood when you're in charge of being all the things. So like my first response is like, okay, what are you doing for yourself? And, and I get it just watching TV isn't really relaxing when there's a ton of stuff on your to-do list. So, you know, what did she do before that made her feel healthy, that made her feel connected? Like before, there has to be a time before kids that she had a connection with a hobby or a practice. So to brainstorm those things and then see about implementing one of those in her morning routine. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going to sit and meditate. Of course, I'm going to bring up meditation because that's my thing, y'all. But um if you don't have to sit and meditate for an hour, I'm talking like five, 10 minutes, something that feeds your soul, something that you enjoy that can just be a highlight or a glimmer of your day. Mm-hmm. And I think you're also talking about like mindfulness, like, right? Like you're already going to have the coffee and you're already going to be taking a shower. So why not just like not think of all the things that need to be done and take a moment to be like, wow, this coffee really tastes good. Or like, damn, the shower really is feeling nice. Right. Like you don't have to be stressing yourself out, adding 500 million fucking self-care tasks on your already super crazy, busy schedule. Just make, take advantage and be mindful of the thing. Like while you're actually doing these things, when you're driving in the car, taking your kids to school, practice some deep breathing, play a good song and have a mini dance party, you know, like already incorporating, just utilizing your time that you're like the things that you're already doing and making those mindful moments. Yes. Yes. I have probably a a weird solution to this too, because I am so resistant to it, but girl, both of you have full-time jobs, meaning you're making some money. So why aren't we throwing money at the problem here? Why are you even folding laundry? Like, did you know that there are services that do that for you? I mean, I'm serious. Think of the few things that you absolutely hate to do and outsource it. I mean, lucky for this world, millennials have found a solution for like the lazy girl at every turn, which is just lovely. You don't want to cook your meals. Great. You can get a mail to you. You don't want to fold your laundry. Awesome. You can get it outsourced. You don't want to drive. Great. We have Uber. I mean, there is a solution or some stupid startup for anything you don't want to do. And when I say stupid, I don't mean stupid. I just mean, you know, we've got a lot of them, but the point is, Seriously, take some of that money that you're probably saving or maybe you're burning through with private school. I I don't know, but there has got to be some there. And you'll see if you put money towards things that are really holding you back, you're going to feel more empowered to do things that uh, maybe you didn't hate that much. Maybe you actually like cooking and just feel like you don't have time for it because there's cleaning going on, which by the way, you can hire someone to do that. I mean, that way you can really double down on the things that quote need to get done, but can also be fun. I mean, I know that my dad discovered cooking at like I don't know, 45, 50. And now it's is one of his favorite things to do. And I understand that he kind of discovered that whenever my brother and I were out of the house and like, frankly, he had gotten divorced, but that's neither here nor there either. I'm just saying it is possible to find joy in quote chores. Um, and I, another thing I was going to say is that I think you could stand to make some healthy habits, a hobby, like how I got really fired up about, what is it? 
Guisha. Guisha. Yeah. Okay, cool. Great. So, I mean, I like do all my little serums at night, not because I think it's actually making a huge difference, but because I've decided it's fun. So my skincare routine at night is fun. Taking 12 pills every day at 1 PM because they're supplements and they're supposed to do well for my body. I swear to God, it's fun. Cause I'm like, Ooh, I'm just swallowing the little things with the water. And then my body's going to magically be this like palace of health and love. I mean, who the hell knows if any of this does anything. But I've decided it's fun because I like research my little things and decided the brands that I like. And then I get excited about a new thing. And so just like people make an entire career or hobby out of exercise and they make it, you know, Erica is talking about how excited she gets about meditation. Like there, and if you stop looking at this as something that you have to do an obligation, one more thing on your list, and you decide to put it in the, this can be fun category. I think your life could really open up for the better. I agree. Me too. And I love your tip on hiring and outsourcing it out. I may take that one myself. (laughs) Right. I'm so frugal that I think I kind of beat myself up sometimes because it's like, you could be doing this. Like you really could be doing this. You have time to do it. You could be, but the thing about it, what I've realized in my short, long 30, whatever years is that, yeah, okay, I could be doing this or maybe I have the time. But the thing about it is other people do this for a living, want the opportunity to do it and do it better than me. So is the amount that I'm paying them, one, they get the money to do something that they want to do or whatever, but also I'm not going to do it as well as they can. So it's kind of like everyone wins here. And I'm sure there are exceptions to that way of thinking in certain industries or whatever, but for the most part, I don't think anyone's going to like tell you to go straight to hell. If you send your laundry service out, (laughs) no way. Um, I think we've talked a lot about like, how are some easy tips, like some objective things that she could do to maybe make herself feel like herself again, and maybe like avoid that burnout. But another, like the other question that she asked that I was interested in is like, how do I force myself to be healthy? which I kind of had like an adverse reaction to this because I don't think you can force yourself to be healthy. I think I have a lot of thoughts in my mind around health because I just have had such a long health journey, but like you can't force yourself to really do anything because then you're just going to have resentment over the process. And then you're going to feel like you're going to punish yourself if you're not adhering to the standards or you know, whatever that you set for yourself. So like, I don't think forcing yourself to be healthy is the goal. I think like loving yourself so much that you want to be treating your body good and be healthy is, is a better goal. And I also think like with that, we need to figure out like what health looks like for you because health to me is really fucking exhausting. I drink kombucha. I have to eat really fucking healthy. I have to take 1200 pills every fucking day. I have to get IVs sometimes, right? Like that's not going to be everybody's definition of health. So I think in order for her to figure out two steps, one, you have to know that this isn't you forcing yourself to be healthy. This is choosing to be healthy because then it's going to impact the rest of your life and everything is a choice. And that's a much better approach to go into it instead of feeling like if someone was like, Hey, I'm forcing you to go pick up the dog poop. I'm going to be like, no, you know, no one likes to feel like they're being punished and have to do something because you have to. And then two, figuring out what health looks like. Is that diet? Is that exercise? Is that meditation? Is that self-care, right? Like we got to figure out her definition 
of health before we can even give any tips on what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my first thought is you probably just got to move your body because if you start moving your body, then you're probably going to be like, well, I don't want to sit here and trash my body after I just moved it. And it kind of, that's kind of the first thing I think that kicks people on this path is when they start investing time into their body, they start getting interested in the other facets of it. So instead of saying, I'm going to focus on my eating and I'm going to take all the supplements and I'm going to drink a million gallons of water and I'm going to eat better. It's like, well, just choose one thing. I typically tell people to do exercise first because I think it's so one, it's so tangible. It's so easy. It's like you do this and you do it for 30 minutes. I don't care what you do, but just go do it. Right. And it immediately gives people the endorphins and more energy. So then they can actually translate that and use that energy to do other things. That's just my first thought to try it out. But this is, this is definitely going to be trial and error. And the second thing is that I think it's also about how do I get more healthy, but it's like, how do you change your mindset? Because again, your husband is like over here reading a book and going on guys trips, which is not a crime. I'm glad that he's doing that. That's a good thing, but you should be doing it too. Notice how when he takes time out for himself, the world doesn't end. I I think that you've got to challenge this and just see what happens whenever you take some time for yourself, because I think you're also going to see, whoa, the world's not ending. And that might be tough for you because it might be that you've convinced yourself that going, 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 going is what keeps everything in order. But if it doesn't, then what does that mean for you? Does it mean Mm. you don't have as much impact? Does it mean that you're not being valued? Does it mean that you're not as important as you thought you were? None of those things are true, of course. It's just that your value comes from other places. It's not a reflection of how much you do. It's a reflection on how you treat your family and how you interact with your family and how you exist and how you breathe air. I mean, we're talking the basics. Mm -hmm. So you might be afraid to pull back and see what happens because it might show you a truth that you're not ready to see. Ooh, uh, that was deep and I liked it. Very deep, yeah. Sorry. No, I liked it. I mean, I think that that's, I think a lot of people... I mean, you know, I feel like now I'm kind of going into like Enneagram world, but like as a two, I'm a helper. Like I interlocked my identity with what I could provide to people for a really long time, you know? And so I think that attaching your worth and your identity to the things that you can do or be for other people is, you know, shows how big of a heart you have, but also can be like really tricky when someone doesn't need you anymore. Or, you know, your kids go off to college and they're like, okay, bye mom. See you later. You know, and you're like, wait, you don't need me anymore. Like that, that realization is going to happen eventually. So you might as well start preparing for it now. It makes me think too, that maybe she has this definition of what a good mom is. Mm. And maybe it's been patterned to her that she's seen like a mom that does all the things and all the responsibility maybe falls on. So I would just even encourage her to look around to the people she knows to maybe there, maybe there are other moms that are having or meeting for coffee or they divvy up the chores or they're going on a girl's weekend and then really challenge her thought if that's what it is. Are they good moms too? And maybe she can see the parallel that, oh, hey, I can, I can do these things too and still consider myself 
active and a good mom, you know, that just kind of was a thought that stuck with me. And now I, I just, you just made me think of like fixed mindsets, right? Like you can still make your kids lunch. You can still fold the laundry, but you don't need to put the pressure on yourself to do it every single night. Like you don't have to have this all or nothing mentality where it's either like you're a crazy wild mom who's going out every weekend and not paying any attention to our kids, or you're doing all the things. Like, I don't think when you, when those are your two options, you're at a lose, lose regardless. So like find a healthy balance of what it looks like to, you know, do what you need to do or what you want to do for your family and for your kids and for your household, but also be able to enjoy yourself and have the time to fill up your own cup because it's like a tank of gas, right? Like when you, when you empty your tank of gas, your car stops going, right? Like when you don't have any firewood, your fire goes out. It's the same or the same sort of thing. It's like, if you're not taking the time and energy to fill your cup up mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, you're going to burn out eventually. And then you're going to start resenting everybody around you. And they're going to be like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think all of these directions that we're giving her are probably all true and all need to happen, which is overwhelming as heck. And so as I'm reading this and kind of absorbing, you know, y'all's advice and kind of what I'm saying to her, I'm realizing like, I think this is too tough to have her implement within her environment right now, which is counterintuitive because this is where this is her home. (laughs) This is her family. This is where she needs to implement them. So I'm kind of thinking we need like a big reset, meaning you need to take a week long break. I know that you probably have PTO saved up somewhere if you're not taking any trips. Um, but even if, you know, the, the holidays are coming up too. So I, I don't, I don't really care how you swing this. We just need to do it. And you either need to take like a week or a long weekend, maybe bring husband, maybe don't and go somewhere that sounds really fun to you, whether that's one of those like spa-like resort getaways or just going to a small Airbnb cabin in the woods, or maybe that's going to a resort in Mexico. One of my clients did that. She was, she went by herself. She's in her late thirties. She's got two kids. And she was like, you know what? I'm about at my wits end. I'm going to Mexico by myself. And I was like, yes. And she was nervous about it because she never traveled alone before doing that just sounded overwhelming. And I was like, I think you're going to love it. And she came back a different human being and she was only gone for like four or five days. So I think you've got to do a major recharge to your system in order to absorb everything we're saying and have four or five days completely to yourself, just full of whatever you want to do. No schedules, no other opinions, no nothing. You're just alone because that hopefully will kind of prime your brain for coming back and then implementing these changes of, okay, I'm going to take 30 minutes to go on a walk and I'm going to kind of meditate ish while I'm on that walk. And then I'm going to ball up my underwear and gross, discussing wrinkly things and trigger Elise all the way from wherever you are and throw them in the drawer. And guess what? I ain't doing the laundry anymore. So if y'all don't want to do it, we're outsourcing that. And by the way, I'm going to hire someone to come clean twice a month because I'm over this. I mean, you don't really know. I don't think what that feels like because you haven't ever given the opportunity to yourself. And so going and even staying in a hotel, I would prefer for someone to like clean up after you just for four days, just, just to get your brain prepared because Mm -hmm. I'm kind of overwhelmed 
for you thinking about how you're going to make this drastic change in an environment that probably is not ready for that change. You're in a system. And whenever one person changes in the system, the system's like, nope, 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 status quo, come back. You can't do that. You're probably going to get some pushback from your family. That doesn't mean they don't love you. This is just human nature. And so in order to really set those boundaries and make sure they stick, I think we need to actually do a reset first. Mm. I love that. Cause that reminds me of like, you know how they have like the beach entry at a pool versus like the deep end dive. And you can like, she's days basically taking like a beach beach entry into a transition, which I like. Yes, exactly. I think diving into the deep end, you're basically, you're not even diving into water. You're probably diving into concrete. Like This, this situation is going to be so resistant and you're going to be so resistant, Yeah, but you're already resistant. Here's the thing. This woman's really self-aware. Yeah. Like really self-aware. I mean, she's like, I already know what the issue is. I'm crazy and can't stop being crazy. So how do I stop being crazy? I mean, I love it. It's like, we're all crazy. And the best part is when we know what we're doing, but that doesn't mean that stopping it is going to be any easier. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what I think. I also think you're a little munchkins. If, if Erica's baby can do laundry at nine, then so can yours. So can yours. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. I'm thinking that we've covered so freaking much in this letter. And by the way, I just have to say, Even if you're not a mom with a family, I think a lot of people out here can relate to this, excluding myself. But I think when Elise read this, you were like, yep, mm -hmm." and that's my middle name. Yeah, totally. And and, I mean, my dad is like that too. You know, I think it's definitely, you learn these ways of being from the environment that you grow up in. So, I mean, if that, if she needs a little extra oomph and motivation, like, Do you want your kids to be able to turn it off and take some rest time? Like you have to, you're modeling that for your kids. So like Erica, I know you go into the woods and you do your meditations and you connect with nature and your kids are probably like, damn, my mom's pretty cool because she takes time to take care of herself. Therefore, I need to take care of myself, right? So it's like, if you can't do it for yourself, at least do it for your kids, you know? Yes. I love that. And now, yeah, my kids will just go to the woods and meditate now too. (laughs) Oh my God. What like a little Zen out adorable family in the woods. I know. I remember when I interviewed Erica and I was like, so like, what do you like to do for fun? She's like, yeah, I go in the woods and I meditate. I'm like, yes, you're hired. You're in. (laughs) Yeah. And then she was like, wait, I just interviewed a lady who goes into the woods and meditates. I was like, she's hired. That's me. It. <laughs> it was so easy. Yeah. I was like, done. That is like a self-aware put together woman that we need. Here we go. Okay. Do we have deal with it, Elise? Any final thoughts for what's her name? Exhausted mama. Um, I don't think I have any thoughts. Um, Maybe the last thing, because you mentioned self-awareness is here I go. I'm like, I don't have any last thoughts, but here are other thoughts that happen to be last. Yeah. You're just being stubborn. You just don't <laughs> want wrong? to give final thoughts. So you're like, no, I don't have final thoughts, but I have these thoughts. They're just not final. I don't know. I'm going to, we're going to have to process that later. Cause it's, it's getting annoying. Um, but my thought on self-awareness is like, you, you really can't teach 
self-awareness, right? You either have it or you don't, or you develop it, but that's also on you. So like the fact that she's already starting this transition from a place of having a lot of self-awareness, I think that she's already like five steps ahead of maybe someone who doesn't have the self-awareness. So, you know, I just want to give a little bit of encouragement. Oh, that's nice. I bet that is well taken. Erica, do you have any remaining thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say same. Cause that was exactly what I was thinking. And I just want to say exhausted mama, we love you. And, um, I've been there and the fact that you are aware of your body and your mindset and are asking questions that is celebrated. I think that is amazing. And that's where change happens. Just keep asking those questions. Oh, yes. That's really good. Be curious. Mm-hmm. Some of the best advice. I, by nature, I'm not a very curious person, but I married one on purpose so that maybe it would rub off on me. We'll see. Not, not, hasn't quite happened yet. <laughs> okay. So I've got two last thoughts and my first one, I don't mean this to be discouraging at all. It's more of a let yourself off the hook if you want, but bodies change as we age. And so I don't think this is all you. I think some of this might just be you're a woman who probably birthed three kids. Even if you didn't, it doesn't matter because moms still go through stress regardless if they birth their children or not. Um, But, you know, that probably happened. So it's like, wow, your body did that and it might not ever be the same again. And then you've been taking care of this family and we're growing older. And so the goal might not be to get your body quote back to where it was, but I don't think that you need to be feeling achy all the time or exhausted all the time or irritable all the time. That's obviously not supposed to be your normal either, but just kind of a a thing to remember that bodies age and change and don't act the way we want them to all the time. Exhibit a, so just, just a note. Um, And then last, I kind of want to end with a story that I told yesterday Mm -hmm. to a client and it's always stuck with me as I hate, I mean, I'm not trying to be superior in this story, but it is what it is. So in graduate school, and Elise, you can probably back me up and Erica, you probably remember this stuff too. There our professors would always assign a ridiculous amount of reading. Like it would be okay for, for, you know, next time I want you to read pages five through 500. (laughs) It's like, yeah. Okay. You know, like you just, it was, it was so obvious to me that that was not actually expected that instead, if you wanted to read those pages, that's what they were going to cover. And it would be nice if you had some prime knowledge before you walked into the classroom and then maybe you could participate in discussion a little bit more, but otherwise like no one's going to read 500 pages because we're all in other classes. And so you got to find a way to work smarter, not harder. I would be sitting in class with people who would break down in tears because they could not keep up. And I was like, keep up with what? This program is so easy. And I'm not saying this because I'm saying I'm smart or anything. It's just like, you know, you don't have to read all that, right? Like 50% of this class isn't even opening up the textbook, but you're freaking out here. And guess what? We're all probably going to end up getting the same grade and learning the same amount because it's just about being present 
in the class and it's about, you know, I don't know, reading the summaries at the end of the chapter. I was like, who the hell's reading all this? And then I'd look around and be like, oh shit, there are people in here that actually think they have to read all this. And they're making this so much harder than it needs to be. Elise, are you saying that was you? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That was me. I was the person literally crying every single night because one, I'm a fucking slow reader. AKA that's why blush book club had a major fail meltdown, but number RIP. two, yeah. Number two, it's like, I was always a perfectionist. I was always super type a, you gave me directions. And I remember they would give us crayons and a piece of paper and just say, draw. And that's it. And then I'm looking around like, um, like, what do you, what would you like us to draw any color specifics? Like, what do you, what are you drawing? Oh, you're drawing a bird. Okay. I'll draw a bird. Like, it's like, I needed, I needed some sort of structure in order to have a benchmark to like compare my perfectionism to. And so it was like, I was that person trying to read fucking 500 pages and then having a complete meltdown because I couldn't do it. And it was impossible. But some people like me just need people like you, Callie, to be like, here's permission. You don't have to be, you don't have to do this because no one actually is doing this except for you. Oh, I was so vocal. I remember in practicum actually like not yelling at everyone, but there were some busy bodies that were like, oh, you didn't read chapter five about this. And I was sitting there and I finally go, why is everyone acting like they know what they're doing? I know for a fact, none of you know what you're doing. So could we please like drop the shame game and like quit it? Because this is bullshit. We've all just been through the same program. So you are no more educated than I am. You don't know what you're doing. And I remember it being a big breakthrough. And that's actually how Charlotte and I became friends because she was like, I want to sit next to you. I also (laughs) don't know what I'm doing. And at least you're being honest about it. And I, I still to this day, remember that girl in tears and I didn't know her well enough, but I really wanted to be like, nobody's reading. (laughs) You can stop now. Also like we're in graduate school to learn. We're not in graduate school to teach ourselves. So I'm sorry, call me crazy, but I would like my professor to actually sit there and teach me this shit instead of me having to spend five hours on a Friday night digesting it myself. Like, come on, we don't pay tuition for that. So that was always my mentality. And I'm getting strong vibes that this woman was the one breaking down in tears saying, I can't get it all done. And because the answer is, we are not supposed to. Mm. That's not the assignment. (laughs) The assignment is not to do all the things. The assignment is to do enough to pass and to learn enough and to still have balance in your life and for things not to be perfect. Because guess what? We both of us probably got A's in that class. But one of us was putting more time into bartending because it made her money and allowed her to buy clothes and go out and do fun things. <laughs> I was a cliff notes girl. <laughs> you know what? And it didn't turn out that bad, right? It turned out just fine. So I'm a huge fan of cutting corners. I just don't think life has to be as hard as we make it. I don't think that checking off every single thing on our to-do list makes us successful. So just think about that next time you're overwhelmed with all of the stuff sitting in your face and uh, maybe find another hobby other than TV may have, mm, have I introduced pickleball on this podcast. Yes, you have. I'm kidding. But I mean, yeah, pickleball, hiking, bathy time. Get a life coach. That counts as self-care too. Someone that you can sit with and process all this shit. So someone can confront you. Like Callie just confronted me about my grad school reading. It's like, we all need someone to confront us on our shit. 
Yeah. And might I suggest Erica for that kind of work, please. And thank you. So I think that's it. Exhausted mama. I mean, maybe I don't fully understand, but that's okay. I think we've got two women on this call who do and totally empathize and relate. And for anyone listening, if you were like, that's me, then I hope all of this advice really helped. And again, I would really steer you in the direction of using promo code bless you all caps for 25% off your first month. And might I suggest, uh, going in and saying, yeah, I want to work with Erica. That's what I would do. If you come to the site and say, who am I, who should I work with? Because I'm burned out as hell. I would say, look at Erica's profile. So just, um, my last tip for you. Okay. Remember to rate us in the app store guys or podcast store or whatever the friggin' heck it's called, please do it and write into blush you at joinblush.com with your story. We want to hear them. The more details, the better Erica. It was so fun having you on. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. Good. Me too. Me too. Okay. We will be back soon with another episode. See you guys next time.